why is Robert Downey Jr. like, how, how is he not making good movies? That's what I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He hasn't been making anything. Like it. Yeah. He made like Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, that was like his last one. Yeah, that was his last one. Okay, so that's just three years. I guess he taking off for COVID. But. Sure. But still, like Chris Pratt's made like fucking 25 movies this week. He doesn't alone. believe in COVID, though. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. He may believe in COVID. One's right here. He didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. gentlemen, boys and girls, Nemoidians and Toydarians of all ages, hello there, and welcome to The Fet and the Furious, a show where fellow like-minded flyboys have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the galaxy far, far away. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow doomed youngling Travis to discuss the fourth episode of Disney Plus's Crown Jewel Star Wars live action series, The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 20, The Foundling. When George Lucas's long-awaited episode one, The Phantom Menace, debuted back in 1999, there were many decisions made that straight up baffled the fandom. A convoluted storyline bogged down in the politics of a trade dispute. Bizarrely stilted performances from some of Hollywood's best and most promising actors. A tone that only children in the 1940s would have found comedic. And straight up offensive racial and ethnic stereotypes. Oh boy, so many racial and ethnic stereotypes. From the Fu Manchu Orientalism of the Nemoidians to the penny pinching Juden rat that is Watto, who we do stand here at the podcast. There was one racial caricature that not only stood out amongst the ranks, but has remained universally lampooned and hated to this day. The comedic bamboozled minstrel Gungan, that is, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar became the target of many frustrated viewers' outcries. The actor portraying Jar Jar, Ahmed Best, received death threats. His career tanked. This poor man slipped into a suicidal depression due to the hate his performance incited. And while, yeah, Jar Jar Binks is a total bummer, the real bummer is the effect that the criticism took on guys like Best and even Jake Lloyd, who gave one of the lamest child performances ever put to film as a young Anakin Skywalker. And... With the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, the fine folks at Lucasfilm appear to be throwing Ahmed Best a bit of a bone, having him portray a swashbuckling Jedi master that saves our precious baby Yoda from the genocide that was Order 66. Now, Travis, do you think this was a sincere attempt to redeem Best and have him win over the favor of the so-called fandom menace? Or... Was this a weird way for the fine folks over at Lucasfilm to throw more nostalgia baiting at us loyal viewers 
because straight up, at least for me, while this was pretty sweet on the surface to see the guy who is hated kind of get a second chance, his bits in this episode legit came out of nowhere. And I'm not really sure what it had to do with uh, what was happening in the episode here, Travis. <laughs> yeah, well, they got to set up Grogu's backstory for later, I guess. But I assume there's a little bit of good-heartedness to it. But yeah, I I don't know. It was it was a weird transition watching people go from not liking the prequels at all to growing up with the prequels. So now there are people who are adults that like them. <laughs> so y- yeah. Yeah. That that is a bizarre and I think it has something to do with the generation like between us and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you and I kind of being like almost 40. Um, those people who were like 10 or 8 and watching Phantom Menace and these movies on like VHS and DVD as kids and them kind of being their Star Wars movies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember going to see, uh, I want to say the second one, being very excited. Uh, well, even though the first one wasn't great, but it was like a completely different scenario for me. I was an adult, a, a drug-addled adult. Yeah, 9-11 <laughs> happened in between. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole new world, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were living in, uh, you know, George Bush's America. Uh, we were at uh, war. Yeah, uh, you know, drugs were in the picture, so things were a little more forgiving into my mental state. And that was kind of the story that I didn't really care about Darth Vader as a baby, right? Yeah, yeah, that uh, fully agree. I I don't care about him as a baby. I don't care about Palpatine moving forward. Or, there's a lot of characters that. Once they're gone, I'm fine with it. I know last time we talked about Star Wars, I defended Darth Maul and fleshing you him did. out. Right? But yes, uh, with characters like Palpatine and Maul and fucking... Uh, Boss Nass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that they will give justice to Boss Nass and have him, like, save a babu frick or something like no, that making yeah, like a, a big fat jedi you know what i mean yeah yeah no no i don't think so i think he's gone <laughs> do you think we'll get justice for a dexter jetster <laughs> I'll, I'll weekly sitcom where it's just people coming in and uh bullshitting uh and it's like all about bottle episodes oh yeah it's like um it's like two and a half uh oh not two and a half madden like uh that two broke girls or, or cheers yeah, or something yeah. like that in boss Nass's diner. Mm-hmm. Honestly, better show than some of this stuff lately. Better show than fucking, uh, uh, book of Boba Fett. If you ask me. Yeah. 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 What if we find out that the Nazi scientist from last week, uh, was actually the, what's that guy's name? The death sticks guy. Elon Slee's Baganel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Obi <laughs> Wan's like, stop selling drugs. And he's like, all right, I'll become a scientist. And then the Empire recruits him and he becomes like a <laughs> fucking space Nazi. Oh, God. Yeah, I think not. I think not. Uh, no, I think I had a be- tentacle on his head, I think, right? Eh. Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he did. Maybe that was just the side effects of the uh, death sticks. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, 
Yeah, like um, like smoking whatever they smoked in Naked Lunch, like turns you into a cockroach uh, <laughs> typewriter person. Maybe smoking death sticks turns you into a tentacled man for a temporary amount of time. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like that this. I think it's nice that they did this with Ahmed Best. Mm-hmm. I want to like straight up say I think it's nice that they did this with Ahmed Best. Um, cool thing coming to play Jedi master. Uh, let me check my notes because I don't care that much. Uh, Keller Beck is this yes. man's yes. name. Yes. Um, I don't think much of him as an actor. I think more of him as a motion capture performer mm-hmm. and a physical performer and kind of relate that almost to like clown work and, and mime work and things along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And there are those actors who have stepped above, you know, that kind of work. You get your Andy circuses of the world, mm-hmm. right? I don't think there's anything wrong with the kind of actor who devotes himself a hundred percent to becoming a physical performer. Yeah. Yeah. That's the skill set. A hundred percent of skill set. Like before recording, I equated like, the career trajectory I would have kind of wished for a guy like this to be something very similar to a Doug Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. Where Doug Jones, very memorable performances where he never really opened his mouth and was usually dressed as like a fish or a monster yeah, yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or a zombie or something, you know, like a spooky scarecrow or something along those mm-hmm. lines, you know, um, because I mean, we'll get to Ahmed um, Best's scenes, but I think for a long time, this episode of The Mandalorian is going to go down as the episode where they went to redeem Jar Jar for like a second or third time. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, the, the Clone Wars cartoon did a little bit of it better because the, the character just works better in animation. He's still not good to me, but mm-hmm. it, it, at least not quite as jarring. Mm-hmm. Is he still wearing uh Star Wars equivalent of blackface throughout the entire thing? That's like a kind of problem with the Jar Jar character and a lot of the characters specifically from the Phantom Menace for me was, you know, especially like in hindsight, rewatching the Phantom Menace that freaks me out are like the Nemoidians freak me out watching that in hindsight. And George Lucas is like defense of it is just kind of like unjustifiable where he's like, well, you see the movies I liked in the fifties where it was like Fu Manchu and all this like kind of racist Orientalism and uh. Mickey Rooney. And it's like, yeah, but that was like when, when we were backwards people and didn't, you know? Yeah. 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 And then um, the Watto <laughs> thing. <laughs> this was a long time ago in the galaxy far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the Watto thing where mm-hmm. the, the, only money coming out of this thing's fucking mouth and you're like are you fucking kidding me you know what i mean yeah um and you know jar jar and the gungans in general kind of being like jazz yeah like jazz singer-esque tokenism right Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of in poor taste always has been and always will be and should be remembered as like being a bad taste like Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've mentioned like like a couple of weeks ago, last time we were talking about the Mandalorian, um, you were defending Darth Maul 
and yeah. saying how yeah. he received a lot of redemption on the Clone Wars. Now the mm-hmm. same really wasn't for for Jar Jar, right? He got like a one or two episodes that focused on him where he wasn't as grating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean by redemption. He's just not quite as annoying. He's not. He's not a character you want to hang out with or anything like that. But it's yeah. Not even if uh he was like a had like a life debt or something like that. Isn't that the reason why he hung around so much? It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So last week um was Shazam Fury of the Gods, and we stopped to talk about obviously the latest comic book uh movie because that's what our podcast whole premise is based on so we took a halt to our star wars miniseries to talk about uh shazam which unfortunately isn't doing so well in the theaters i feel like it's like not even in theaters anymore which is kind of a bummer because i think it's a movie that people might like if they go to see it if you actually take it as a movie and not as the next century of a Totally fine movie, Uh, but we did not talk about episode three of The Mandalorian. Uh, And one of our complaints, you know, with this, the Book of Boba Fett, has been their tendency to just kind of start telling other stories in the middle of their shows. So, yeah, like the main plot thrust of episode three was Bo-Katan and Mando getting along after being redeemed in the living waters of Lake Minnetonka and seeing a mythosaur and Bo-Katan kind of coming around to the way in the creed and um, what's his name? Um, Finally being allowed back into his coven, but they have to kind of recharge and fuel their ships and fix things up. So they head back to Bo-Katan's castle, which is being attacked by TIE fighters and they hightail it out of there and go back to where um, the Mandalorian coven is right in the middle of this. It sidesteps to talk about the cloning guy from the first and second season of the Mandalorian who was first working for, um, Patron Sand of the podcast for her song. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get excited on the previously on when you saw St. Werner pop back? I know. I skipped the previously on because I spoil things for this episode usually. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I usually keep it on out of sheer laziness and uh, (laughs) to kind of like get myself prepared and like sit up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I heard Werner's voice and was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that Werner Herzog was on the first season of the show. He was like the main antagonist. Um, yeah, but we got this whole weird subplot about lengthy, lengthy. <laughs> yeah, they longest episode you... of the show so far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they give you a little action to start. It's pretty good. Then they take like a fifty minute fucking detour to tell us all about how Palpatine's coming back. Is what I think it's all about, and I just don't give a fuck about Palpatine at this point. Uh, he was never my favorite villain in the. Star Wars stuff, uh, you know, he never interested me more than Vader, and I mean, we're just talking about how we didn't need to see kid Vader, so it's kind of, I don't need more Palpatine. Uh, Palpatine is by far my favorite part of the prequels. Like, his performance is by far mm-hmm. my favorite part of the prequels, because 
I think he's the only one who knows what movie he's in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, that actor, he's screaming and yeah, yeah. delivering all of his lines at maximum volume in the craziest unimaginable way. Um, mm-hmm. But you and I aren't big fans of the rise of Skywalker. And no, no, I, uh, they had their opportunity to explain how Palpatine returned in Fortnite, And I'm just no longer interested. <laughs> Apparently they projected some sort of radio broadcast that was brought up in the rise of Skywalker. That was not heard in the rise of Skywalker, but was heard in some downloadable content. On the video game Fortnite. Uh, yeah. So they had their opportunity to explain how Palpatine returned. That sounds like the perfect thing to talk about in some novel that a couple people are going to yes. read. Yes. Not not this weird detour. It feels like an episode of Andor, but not like one of the good episodes of Andor. It or any episode of Andor, because all those episodes are good. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was this weird, like kind of surface level, you know, the Emperor and the new re- the Empire and it's the New problems. Republic, and you know, everything's kind of the same. They're just the people in power, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't really want to dwell on that episode too no, much. No. Uh, but it has to be brought up because it gets us to where this episode starts and we got about like five minutes of like moving the plot forward last week in uh, the way of like a pretty good TIE fighter battle. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that looked great. The beginning, the, the, the beginning of episode three and the end of episode three looked dope. Like the, 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 the kind of star Wars stuff looked great. Um, yeah. And it ends with them jumping into hyperspace and heading to the Mandalorian Coven's like new tribe covert, right? Yeah, the caves. Where, the caves, yeah. Where we see what I have in my notes as a bunch of action figures training and showing off their their cool new accessories, which I guess is combat training, right, and blaster training. I, I yeah, I guess they are training. I just thought they were rednecks kind of just shooting shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like the uh, space... If they're shooting into the water, they're not shooting at targets or anything. They're not pressing on their aim. They're just firing a fire. This is like the uh, the West Baptist Church, like, <laughs> training for, you know, the liberal invasion of their culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is what those meetups on those Breitbart message boards look like in real life, <laughs> in, in Star Wars universe. <laughs> we have to be careful because some people are going to that sounds good and <laughs> it doesn't sound like a bad time like you know i am uh i am a uh pretty far left-leaning guy who i'm like still pro guns and like fireworks and stuff because i yeah. like loud things that go boom you know i'm like a, also a simpleton is what somebody <laughs> say you know yeah 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 uh so i like blowing stuff up like the rest of them um baby yoda we get to see him using the force and um just kind of laying around like picking up some rocks which kind of made me laugh because there's that there very are, good line in the last jedi where luke asked daisy ridley like what do you think the force even is she's like you know it's that thing that helps you pick up rocks you know <laughs> like yeah. it, that's what i mean it's like oh yeah every time you see a jedi doing something they're just like picking up fucking rocks and juggling them around bunch of hermit crabs no rocks <laughs> yeah they were hermit crabs which yeah. um you know, I thought he was training, but he was just distracted by food again. You know what I mean? 
you're, you're <laughs> trying to figure out how to eat it. That's yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but then we get to see that Mando is putting his son through the ringer. <laughs> And is, you know, going forward with, like, turning this kid into a Mandalorian foundling, you know, like, fully yeah, yeah. assimilating him into his weird fucking religious cult. And um, there are all these, like, youngling I keep calling them younglings, foundling, <laughs> foundling, uh, yes, foundling yes. yeah, like, uh, you know, training competitions where they're basically, like, in a wrestling circle and mm-hmm. they pick up their training weapons and, you know, whoever defeats the other one, like, you know, I, they don't get a prize they get like a pat on the back but it is yeah. it is some training stuff so child we, combat sports child combat yeah, yeah yeah and of course mando being the uh the warrior that he is wants his kid to participate too it reminded me of like a bad parent at a carnival that is trying to bribe the carny that's working the the rides to let their kid on even though they're way too small like it's yeah yeah the yeah. kid falling off of the yeah. roller coaster getting fired out uh yeah 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 when I was a little kid, uh, I forget where we were. I used to go to um, Action Park in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Do you know about this amusement park? Is there a documentary on this place? There is a documentary <laughs> on this place. <laughs> I, I'm somewhat familiar. I haven't watched the documentary. I've just heard it was kind of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a train wreck, man. Um, the American Dream, some may call it. And uh, <laughs> my my dad had a house in New Jersey, so like. And I lived on Long Island. So like every time we went from Long Island to New Jersey, I'd be like, let's go to Action Park. Let's go to Action Park. This was the most dangerous place in the world. And everyone who worked there was like an alcoholic or a junkie and uh, mm. would just let you do whatever you wanted. Yeah, yeah. But they had go-karts that had like like missile launchers on them where you would <laughs> shoot tennis balls at the other go-karts while you were going around this track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were like in this little tank going like 35 miles an hour in this gas powered thing, just like shooting at people and the go-karts were constantly flipping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a thing called an Alpine slide, which was just like, cause it was on this mountain. So it would like start at the top of the mountain. It was basically just like a concrete luge and they would oh. stick you in. Yeah, dude, they stick you in this yes. like four wheel death trap with no steering wheel, but you had a stick that was a brake. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that go wrong. It would go very wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, road rash was a thing, and um, people getting scared and braking, and people behind them still going <laughs> full speed and whacking into you was a big thing. Yeah, um, little whiplash, I would assume. Yeah, a 100%. Yeah, yeah. I cut my leg up real bad. My friend Adam Stegman, uh, shout out Adam Stegman. I said your first and last name on a podcast. Um, went so hard on this thing that like he got really, really badly hurt. I remember we had to like stand in this little wooden shack and it was just this big line like waiting. It was just people hurt. You know what I mean? Like, And you would just get into the shack and there would just be like this big lady like with a cigarette hanging out her mouth and she would just like spray this purple shit on you and like send you on your way. It was so weird. Like like iodine or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, But the one where I was too small that I vividly, vividly remember was a tube water slide because it was a water park mostly Mm -hmm. where you would go down this like 
drop and it was enclosed and it had a 360 degree loop and it was a water slide yeah, yeah. with like a fucking loop um and the whole thing if you weighed enough and were big enough you would go through the loop and it would be really fucking cool problem is they let everyone on here whether you weighed 200 pounds or i, I don't know it's probably like 70 pounds soaking wet and i went down and went halfway up the water slide and didn't weigh enough to go over and just like belly flopped like straight fucking down and just got like stuck in this thing um and i just remember getting like rushed with water and then this like little hatch opening and these people like pulling me out and being like <laughs> what the fuck is happening at this fucking shit show you know um place was basically like donald trump the amusement park you know what i mean oh. um total train wreck so this uh child combat thing coupled that with like my parents like forcing me into like like high school wrestling and junior high school wrestling (laughs) like i like i was a wrestler growing up like i got like kind of those flashbacks where i'd be like but my nose is broken and they'd be like don't you want to go to college no you know what i mean like (laughs) you know don't you know this looks good I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But there's got to be better ways than like beating up my friends to like get into college. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's not your grade, sir. That's very un-American what you just suggested. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grogu gets pitted against like basically a full-size teenager. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, He's been in this this episode. this, This is Jimmy Kimmel's kid, right? Or nephew? Yeah, yeah. Nephew. Uh, son of one of my least favorite characters, Paz Rizla is the name of this guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paz Vizsla. Paz Vizsla, the guy who like shows up and like looks so cool, but like always fails at whatever he's doing, right? Kind of so far, yeah. yeah he's yeah. his uh, father is important to the Mandalorians, but not he's just kind of lame. He looks cool. He looks great. Like he's got this cool tube going to like a flamethrower on his back, which looks cool. Um, and I don't think it's his father. I think it's like his great, great, great grandfather was the Jedi Mandalorian. Something who, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who like you know built the the dark saber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which didn't make an appearance this episode. I thought it would have been pretty handy when fighting a little monster that comes up later on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um but um baby muppet yoda gets forced to fight a grown child jimmy kimmel's nephew um in one-on-one combat and they choose darts as their weapons um baby yoda gets a new action figure accessory in yes, uh yes yeah yeah they will soon have like a funko pop with uh you know uh paintball damaged baby yoda with Mm -hmm. little armband um and after two attempts at a one two three duel kind of thing uh baby yoda losing looks up at his dad and his dad's like you know do the thing you know do Mm -hmm. the thing don't be scared to not do the thing little guy these people won't tell on you these people won't tell on you. You know, this baby's been like hiding the cool things that he can do for however many years. Cause he's been like living in fear. Mm-hmm. And, um, we get to see an age old cinematic tradition. That is the puppet throw yes. where yes. you flip a little tiny puppet, uh, 
and it's incredible. What did yeah, you think yeah. of these special effects here? I think uh, for a show with the budget of The Mandalorian, it looked like complete shit. However, yeah. I liked it because it's dumb and yeah, it's 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 tradition. <laughs> it's tradition. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing like seeing like. Um, you know, like uh, what? What's the, the one Muppet Gonzo? You know, getting mm-hmm. thrown out a fucking window. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the great Gonzo. You know, just like oh no, and it's like him and Carmela the chicken, like getting thrown across the room or something like that, or like at a wall. Um, definitely looked like that. Do you think this was a puppet, or do you think that was CGI'd? Oh, that's a puppet, surely. Surely. Um, it did it remind you of ping pong ball Yoda fighting ping pong ball Christopher Lee in the uh, Attack of the Clones? No, no, because that that is more elaborate. That was the the fancy CGI that Star Wars could afford to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved this little bit. Um, would you be pissed if? You got beat. It's like worse than getting beat up by a girl as a teenager, right? Getting beat up by a baby, yes. By a baby yeah. Muppet, yeah. By a yeah. baby frog, yeah, basically. Um, not only did he, like, school you with, like, some Muppet jujitsu, he also shot you three times with a paintball gun. Yeah, you um, should have chosen hammers or something where he wouldn't have any sort of range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should have chosen something that's, like, too big for him to, like, pick up. You yes, know what I yes. Mean? There's something that relies yeah. on brute strength. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be very sporting, but it'd be better than the alternative of losing. Huh? What weapon do you choose? It's, like, size 14 boots, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see Baby Yoda with these giant clown shoes on, you know what I mean? He's just uh, in one of them. Like, it's, yeah, he's just yeah. one. Yeah, he just pokes his little head out. Yeah. And then it's we get to see the... Punted. Punted. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see Muppet throwing? I'll show you Muppet throwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have gotten a cool... Uh, what's that sound effect with the... Pra- falls that you hate so much oh the, uh, uh, the uh wilhelm scream the wilhelm scream yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. his first words are the wilhelm scream yeah, his, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i would be i would be pretty embarrassed if if i was i i'd be pretty embarrassed at everything that happens to me as this jimmy kimmel fucking nepo baby mm-hmm. mandalorian not only is he a nepo baby in real life being the great 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 grandson of famed Jedi Mandalorian, uh, he is also a Nepo baby on the show. Um, because in the first episode this season, he gets kind of beat up by a dinosaur turtle. Yeah. And in this episode, not only does he get beat up by a baby Yoda, he also uh, gets attacked by a fucking dragon. Like two seconds later, um, the beasts hate him for some reason. Yeah, they really do. He, they like, they just... sense the weakness radiating from... Yeah. <laughs> that dragon was probably watching from afar to see which one he should go after. <laughs> yeah, this, like, weird... Uh, flying... Dragon. Yeah, yeah, like, flying fucking uh, raptor-looking mm-hmm. thing. What did you think of the special effects on this dragon? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I wasn't offended by it or anything like that. Uh, I mentioned beforehand that the CGI in this episode didn't bother me, but part of that is because of seeing Quantum Mania so recently, and 
Yeah, yeah. It's great for TV. <laughs> Part of it bugged me because I've been one. Uh, my little sister's been rewatching Game of Thrones, and you yeah, know, yeah. every once in a while she'll be over and. I'll watch an episode or two and be like, CGI's kind of good on this show. You know what I mean? And uh, started watching The Last of Us. I was like, special effects are pretty good on this show. You know what I mean? And then um, we just saw Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods last week. And the CGI dragon in that looked fucking good in that. Mm -hmm. It looked really cool. Kind of inventive, different looking kind of thing. Made of wood. Yeah, made of wood. Clever little thing. Uh, it had no strings on it, uh, <laughs> as some would say, mm-hmm. little wooden puppet. Have you seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio yet? By the way, no, no. You suggested to me, and I, I will try to at some point, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's great. But, uh. It's fucking cool, man. Uh, there's some songs that I think you are going to hate in it, like whenever they start singing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is called like Chow Papa, and uh. Every once in a while, it gets stuck in my head in the middle of the day and and make me laugh pretty hard because it's so stupid. It's like a little boy saying "ciao, Papa" in Italian. Um, oh. But uh, I do like how Guillermo del Toro like forces fascism into every single one of his stories and basically <laughs> just turned Pinocchio to be this thing about Mussolini. It's very bizarre. Oh. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And they rag on the fascists pretty hard in it. They make them like big fat idiots. It's very funny. Um he can't help himself. Well, yeah. No, no. When's the last time you watched uh Pan's Labyrinth? Oh, uh it's been a probably five, six years. Same. Uh I remember the fascism though. Same, same. It's fucking harsh. It's uh, cruel, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Spain was fascist from like the twenties to like the eighties. Which is just oh, wow. insane yeah, yeah. to me that there was like a dictatorship that lasted in like the civilized post World War Two Europe that long. You know what I mean? Like the Italians lasted a little bit after World War Two, which is like not a good look, but uh <laughs> you know. Yeah, the the last circus is uh made me think of uh the whole fascism in spain thing uh one of the first movies you one of the first movies you and i bonded over back in the day yeah yeah that's a a wild wild movie uh yeah um really clever i wouldn't call it like a horror movie i don't know what i would call that movie no no um black comedy i guess but um like know. the cruelest of black comedies. Yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. The, yeah. the violence is pretty high and it's fucking mean. Yeah. Holy Trinity of uh Spanish language fucking freak show fascist movies. We got uh Pan's Labyrinth, uh Last Circus, Santa Sangre. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost mentioned it too because the Last Circus and Santa Sangria are the only two films that remind me of each other, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. slightly, and it's just like, yeah, they're both weirdo fucking circus freak movies, and it's, yeah. Yeah, they're like circus freak movies with, like, children getting eaten and shit, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 with, with uh, about a child growing up with psychotic parents, kind of. Yeah, and uh, Pan's Labyrinth also kind of, like... Was it her father a fascist in that? And that's why she was like yeah, escaping. Well, her stepfather is a uh, 
like a, a general or a higher up fucking fascist guy. Yeah. Yeah. Another movie uh, with Doug Jones, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I believe he plays the pawn. He plays the guy with the, I'm doing oh, <laughs> great yeah. for an audio medium where you put your hands over yeah. your eyes and you have eyeballs in your hands. Like I can't yeah. fucking name. Uh, great monster design though, right? The Pale Man, that's it. The Pale Man. Yeah, yeah, the Pale Man. Not to be confused with the Pale Man starring Christian Bale, the movie that nobody saw last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy starring... has eyes. That's why no one saw it. It's, yeah. That's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is beloved. It's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the paleman like just put his hands down and didn't watch the paleman. He just like stuck his hands in his pockets and said, "No, sir, not gonna watch this today." Appropriation. Um, yeah, I didn't like the dragon design in this. Um, and part of it, like, I hate to sound like it with these kinds of creatures in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should go back to stop motion in some way, shape, or form, or some kind of model composite? Ah, uh, some of the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like some sort of like physical something, at least like built and like moving, so you can get the the physics of it. Because yeah. like, um, what's that like serpent movie? It like came. It like looks like Ray Harryhausen, but it like came out in like the eighties. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, like the cover is like that serpent on the Chrysler building. Fuck. Uh, you're talking about Q, the winged serpent. I am talking about Q, the winged serpent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being the only person on the planet who know what I'm talking about, Travis. Yeah. Like yep. that's what I want this thing to look like. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, I didn't mind the design or anything like that, but yeah, getting some more stop motion would be nice from time to time. And it's such like um, a tradition in Hollywood that like Star Wars kind of like legitimized. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it made a lot of money, and it had stop motion. <laughs> it made a lot of money. It had stop motion, yeah. and then Spawn will buy it. Uh, yeah, and it spawned like a decade and a half of a medium that was kind of infamously schlocky uh, to be implemented into larger budget productions, you know, um, from Star Wars to the Steven Spielberg movies to Paul Verhoeven movies, yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, <laughs> say what you will about those Paul Verhoeven movies. Those movies were they cost like a hundred million dollars to make, you know what yeah. I mean? Like starship troopers cost like a hundred million dollars to make and, uh, had like a stop motion, like brain bug in it at mm. some point. Right. I've not seen, uh, seen that one. I was thinking of Ed 209 from uh, Robocop. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And one of the greatest uh, puppet throws of all time in that movie. Uh, cause the puppets arms fuck up somehow. And like, it, fall out of its sockets when they throw it out the window oh yeah 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 and they just were like keep it in and double it you know what i mean like keep it in and and let it like last so it just like totally looks as fake as possible mm-hmm. um you haven't seen starship troopers huh no no i uh heard it's good and everything but yeah i uh i'm going to at some point i'm sure yeah it's one of those movies as a kid i liked because i was a dumbass kid and i, I thought well it was just kind of like um like it, it was gooey and yeah. it had boobs and it had people saying like, let's go kill some bugs. And like, yeah. 
wearing cool like Tech army suit. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, this is neat and violent and has boobs in it. And then um, all the satire, just like same with RoboCop, same with Total Recall, same with all the good yeah. Verhoeven. Yeah, I rewatched uh, RoboCop uh, for the first time. Matthew McCall. I was surprised to see that it was a smarter movie than I, re- I thought it was going to be. Like rewatching a lot of stuff doesn't hold up from childhood. That one was much better than I remember. It's yep. insanely violent. <laughs> it's insanely violent. Yeah, it's insanely violent. Last week, I think it was before we went on the air, we were like, I was talking about how like my friend let his uh, six-year-old watch Cocaine Bear. And um, we're like, it's fine. When we were kids, we watched RoboCop. And then we're both like, yeah, but then there's the years of substance abuse and yeah, trauma yeah. and all that. Like, But surely it's not RoboCop's fault. It's RoboCop not. wasn't pro-drugs. That's, can't put that on him. He was strictly against drugs, if I remember from the plot of RoboCop 2 with Kane. Kane was a bad guy. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, but the thing with those movies was like working for the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And not only the dumbest person in the room, but like the adolescent baby in the I room. I was going to say the dumbest person's children also. <laughs> yeah, like literally my brain hasn't developed past, oh, cool, a robot cop. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. Oh, cool, a military that kills bugs, you know, or Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles. Like, and that just being enough to like sell you on a movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, it, It's like, kind of peak cinema because again it can actually be studied and be you know notable and prestigious in a weird weird way uh, and also be the absolute dumbest thing of all time um and i kind of wish that this dragon was a little dumber here basically <laughs> i wish there was a little bit more nuance in in uh in fucking star wars you know um, oh, yeah. Well, we got Andor, so maybe Paul Verhoeven will come and direct uh, some episodes for season two of Andor, you know, mm-hmm. like really drive home that fascism thing, uh, which would be clutch. Um, I do want to mention when they're chasing the dragon, the the shot of uh, Bolkitana's ship flying towards the sun after the dragon looks nice. Looks great. Um so these uh, Mandos grab their jetpacks, but they run out of juice, and we get that shot of uh, Bo-Katan, um, you know, chasing after it and finding wherever its lair is and then coming back and reporting. That specific shot, Travis, that you just mentioned looks nice. Do you know what that's an homage to? No, no, not right off end. That's a helicopter flying in Apocalypse Now, my oh, friend. It is yeah, the exact yeah, same yeah. fucking of course, shot. Dude. I watched that like fucking a month ago. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and I thought it would be in your mind because you yeah, watched it. Yeah, it should have been. I didn't yeah. think that hard on it at all. I was like, yeah, that looks nice. Oh. Yeah. And, and it looks nice in Apocalypse Now also. <laughs> yeah, especially since it's like a real helicopter flying into a real yeah, sun. Yeah, yeah, we already yeah. had that in my notes, but hey, that shot looks nice. I also. I had ruminations on what is cinematography when everything's fucking CGI and like it's I don't know. Someone had to fucking manifest it regardless somehow. Huh? So someone had to manifest that somehow. And I mean going back to that like what is cinematography, what is set design. Uh-huh. I mean at the Academy Awards this year, Avatar 2 The Way of Water was nominated for Best Set Design. Oh wow. 
very strange thing because yeah, yeah. I mean, there are no, no sets in that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Digital sets where they're having to fill up fucking living quarters with bullshit <laughs> unique to this fantasy universe. I kind of get that. That makes more sense to me than the people that wanted Lion King to <laughs> fucking be considered live action, even though it was fully CGI or whatever. I agree. And, uh, yeah. 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 And I mean, the um, going back to the Academy Award thing with Avatar 2, The Way of Water being nominated for set design, they didn't win. They won for like visual effects, but the um, the costume design and mm-hmm. special effects. Uh, no, I think it was just costume design. I'm sorry. Um, we had the whale win. Right. And I found out Brendan Frazier wasn't in a fat suit for that movie. Uh, it was a like digital fat suit. Oh, yeah. So like all of that was some sort of composite thing. So they like had his face basically, and mm-hmm. then did all the body stuff uh, that's, through CGI. That's odd. Oh yeah, they didn't have a, like a, a second actor to like meld them together or anything. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I. I, I've fallen asleep trying to watch that movie three times now. I don't think I'm ever going to successfully finish The Whale. Oh, yeah. Um, but I always think of the uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer decides to eat so he could work from home. And the uh, the dream Bart has where it's like, that's your dad. And it's just Homer like, I'll wash myself with the rag on a stick. You know what I mean? Like every time I see it, that's like all I can think of. Um the, I don't watch any of the Simpsons, but you pretty much told me uh, a few of it. I I liked that and the uh, the, the French laughter or whatever. Uh, oh like, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where they're they're in the classroom and they're laughing in French class and like, no, no, children en français, and they're like, oh, they start like honking. <laughs> that's a good bit. That yeah. that's what the Simpsons is about—the throwaway gags. Um, but that apocalypse now thing and the like what is cinematography with uh with you know completely cgi rendered stuff like the connection to apocalypse now and george lucas is so vast you know because milius and lucas live together right mm-hmm. and they live together when john milius wrote apocalypse now like right after college and then they started American Zoetrope because they both interned for Coppola. This is probably real boring for your listeners. And then um, <laughs> and then Lucas was originally going to direct Apocalypse Now and he was going to make it like a fake documentary style thing and shoot it on oh. like 16 millimeter. Yeah. Um, but decided like, no, I, I think like you have more power right now, Francis. Like you should do this. Like you just made The Godfather like you can get a hundred million dollars and make this like massive. You know what I mean? Uh, So Lucas was still an executive producer on apocalypse now and got mad points. And while Francis Ford Coppola went out into the jungle and like lost his mind for four years, George Lucas made star Wars and became the richest person in the world. Uh, (laughs) But it is, it is there, you know? Yeah. yeah, So Bo-Katan kind of like, shows the big dick energy in this episode like she comes back and she's like listen i know where this guy is let's get a hunting party together i'm the boss you know what i mean yeah i think that's 
do you think she has a heel turn coming in her, or is this just... It seems like she's going to be running Deathwatch by the end of it, uh, where Mando has no interest. This is her found family, I guess, uh, where the other people that were riding with her were more mercenary. Uh, as soon as she lost the dark saber, they had no interest in following her anymore. Yeah, like the the people who were originally with her were only with her because of like who she was as like uh princess and royalty yes. and like familial ties as opposed to this where she's like earning her place as a leader and like has that kind of camaraderie that's um more sincere you know what i mean yeah yeah um, it's, it's kind of just weirding me out because it's this weird militia thing that yep. is very conservative like a fundamentalist cult type thing uh, i don't know it's odd Todd. It's it's odd, but it also has that kind of like socialist kind of like we're all in this together. It's all about family. Like yeah. um, we're all about, you know, the relationships that we form with one another and protecting each other and the yeah. welfare of the social good. You know, it's it's the needs of the many mm-hmm. as opposed to. The Jedi way where it's like, get rid of your, you know, your attachments and things like yeah. that, you know? Um, so I could like, there's worse things. It's more like, uh, it's more like a <laughs> Che Guevara kind of extremism. Yeah. 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 Right. E- exactly. It feels more left leaning in that kind of like uh, sociological kind of way. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I, I I don't know, uh, but there is that whole like th- these people are extremist terrorists. Also, no matter <laughs> they what, a lot of people, uh, presumably. Yeah, and if you like come at them, they will not negotiate. You know what I mean? They are very very um, set in their ways. Yeah. You know, um, they repeat several times kind of the rules of this hunting party. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's weird. I uh, I don't know if they thought I had a stroke or what, but yeah, they they tell you, well, tell the audience and the the various group that they aren't going to be able to use their jetpacks because the dragon will hear, and you can't use explosives because you'll harm the child. And I understand like reiterating the second one, I suppose, since you don't want to expose the child, but <laughs> yeah. But they say it like two or three times. They keep yeah, telling well, you the rules the, of this thing. The, ver- the verbiage is almost identical to where I didn't need to hear it twice. I just <laughs> it's like an extra edit that could have been made there. A hundred percent. And um while they go off on their their um rescue party, uh Grogu stays back and hangs around with uh, the armorer. And yes. It's pretty funny to watch Grogu kind of waddle around with these big, tough action figures. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of hilarious. Uh, but she brings little Grogu in. She's treating him as a foundling, too. I like all this. Yeah. Like all this, equal opportunity for tiny Muppets. Um, and she teaches him all about the forge, the hearts of Mandalorian culture. Good speech from the armor here, man. I like all this stuff. How the forge can reveal weaknesses and, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I like all this. And Grogu starts, like, as you see, like, the the press going down and the vice grip and her hammering, he starts having, like, um, like a Vietnam 
flashback kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think it was more of the uh, the dialogue where she was talking about uh, the things that have, uh, the trials we were overcome have forged us into the thing we're becoming, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this reminded me of going to see Saving Private Ryan with my grandparents <laughs> a lot. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, my grandfather is a tiny frog person, of course. Um, <laughs> who stormed Normandy as a frog. Yeah. Um, and then this is where we get the flashback from the siege of the Jedi temple where an even more young and adorable Grogu um, is in the Imperial palace on the planet of Coruscant um, as a bunch of clone troopers from the 501st are attacking some Jedis who are trying to defend him. And as the Jedis are ki being killed off, they shout how they need Kelron, Kellerin, or something, and then yeah, yeah, it's... Ahmed Best shows up, right? Yeah, the way he pops up so suddenly, it made me think of an old like PC game when they first started doing full motion video stuff. Uh, Dark Forces still is what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, just yeah, just ancient stuff. Like yeah, <laughs> whereas it yeah. actually wasn't very good, and it's weird. They're talking, looking right at the camera and everything, and talking to it. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I don't want this to turn all into us sounding like really negative <laughs> like against Ahmed Best. Two thousand or whenever the fucking episode one came out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. It, I don't have a big issue with it. It's just I don't think it's uh, it didn't it didn't thrill me the way it, it did some. Uh, yeah, enemy of the nice podcast. Thing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and enemy of the podcast, Jason Smith of Sinister Cinema Reviews, declared that this is the most important moment in Star Wars history to you and I. Do you feel like that is the case? No, I don't think it's even in this one's show. I would say season two, Luke Skywalker trumps it, and it's just a lot better executed. There were eight fucking reveals. On that one, uh, Luke fucking Skywalker was in an episode of this show. Yeah, uh, and it's the Luke people kind of wanted and were upset they didn't get with the sequel trilogy, uh, where he's like at the peak of the, his powers, doing cool Jedi shit, uh, killing Death Troopers. Yes, yeah, while yeah. dubstep music played, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty cool. Um. And what we got here is the guy who played Jar Jar in a PCI Dark Forces 2 video game cut sequence from mm -hmm. 2001, um, where he picks up a second lightsaber and the lightsaber action is jank. As yeah, far. like, I assume that that's a pretty uh, advanced technique. I sort of handling two swords at once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miyamoto Musashi is the the famous swordsman known for two swords, whatnot. And, mm -hmm. uh, he is not him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I will have you know that Kelron Besk, played by Ahmed Best in the show, is also nicknamed the Sabered Hands. So maybe the maybe he's got skills that we don't know about, mm -hmm. and maybe he learned those skills on. Jedi Temple Adventures, where this character apparently made his uh, first appearance, Je Jedi Temple Challenge, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. which is a 
children's game show that aired on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, and it doesn't even... I, I didn't realize it wasn't on proper TV. Yeah. No. This is a, like, web series game show <laughs> where, like, little kids are put into teams like Legends of the Hidden Temple, like yeah. the Blue Barracudas and... <laughs> blah 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 and Ahmed Best as this character is the host and he's got like a like droid sidekick named 83 and it's mm. it's you compared it to like guts basically with yeah, yeah 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 child American ninja warrior or whatever yeah Where's ninja warrior <laughs> yeah I might watch a couple episodes of this tonight, so I am more well informed, and I don't have a life, so I'll probably. Yeah, yeah. It, it is also free, so, um, <laughs> I I don't know, I don't know. Um, this character jumps on a scooter and and hovers around uh, Coruscant as well, and much like the prequels, like. I just don't like the way Coruscant looks from the sky ever. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't either. But I guess they want consistency uh, with what we've seen in the past, and that kind of bite them in the ass here, <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. I mean, there's some consistency from like what we saw in the episode with the Nazi scientist, where mm-hmm. like that episode went out of its way to show us like a rock. That's technically the highest peak of the mountain built yeah. in the castle. And like, we see it in the background here. Did you notice that? No, I did not. I did not. It's yeah. Nice. They like a little touch. Yeah. Cause it's all connected, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much all we get from this guy. Do you think we're going to get any more of uh, this character? Ah, uh, I, I'm going to say no, but we probably will. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious to know who they dropped Grogu off with. Like, uh, the friends or whatever that's probably uh, setting her down the line. Like, we haven't heard the end of his backstory yet. You don't think it's the uh, the cloning guy? You don't think it's, like, the New Republic or something like that? You know what I mean? Eventually? Or someone I... that turns into the New Republic that ends up being Werner Herzog or something? You know? Well, he's got to get there somehow eventually. But, yeah, I feel like there's still another... Uh, step along the way before that give me the child i just miss that <laughs> like so much you know mm-hmm. um then we get back to present day i guess and the armor basically shapes a little circle piece of metal and um gets grogu his next little piece of armor and it's a little cool chest plate yeah yeah to go over his chain metal on his chest uh, yeah. yeah he's going to have very strong legs he's carrying all uh, around all this extra weight. I... True. That leaping ability is, yeah. Yeah. That's how uh, Yoda probably got his, like, bad back. You know <laughs> what I mean? From wearing all that bling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, he's got to get a helmet at some point, right? I know they said that he's too young for it now, but I think it's supposed to be a helmet. <laughs> and they, they just couldn't find a good fit. Or they were extenuating circumstances for why uh covering up that money maker is what it is yeah 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 Yeah, that's 100 percent what it is you don't want to cover up the uh the biggest you know 
thing selling in Star Wars of all time, right? Yeah, and I mean, they're already covering up Pedro Pascal uh, in maybe the peak of his career. <laughs> yeah, but He's it's also, right now, huh? he is extremely hot right now, both physically and in terms of, uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. his popularity. Uh, but you're also probably saving a lot of money because I am always curious how much of this is actually Pedro Pascal. Um, of course, yeah. And how much is just like him in a vocal booth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, our Clint Eastwood, Eastwood kid fucking uh, doing all the body stuff. Yeah, I assume he's still doing it for all of these. Uh, Apparently, right? Mm-hmm. No, this I mean, isn't like, like Scott Eastwood, right? It's another Eastwood? I'm not sure on that. Uh yeah, because Scotty's would like cost some money. Like oh, he okay. was in, he was in um, the Fate and the Furious, and uh, what's that shitty movie? Suicide Squad. He was in Suicide Squad. Um, they always tried to make that guy like a thing, but like you know, he never really stuck. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you 100 percent do. Yeah, yeah. You 100 percent do. He's like generic white guy. Mm-hmm. The actor, basically. That's Clint Eastwood's kid. Um, meanwhile, Bo-Katan lands her ship in the canyon and the expedition team basically embarks, um, making a, a walk through the countryside. They repeat again how uh, they cannot use their jet packs, so they mm-hmm. have to walk. Uh, and they make a little cozy camp as a uh, outpost, right? So they can spend the night and at, at first light, they'll start climbing the mountain because remember they can't use their jetpacks. Um, and this is where I swear to God, this was implemented in this show only because I mean, I've asked him myself, yeah, yeah. how do these guys eat or do anything? Well, we see Mando eat once before, but he's like in a room by himself, uh, sipping something under his helmet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But they explain, uh, you know, because she asked straight up, like, how am I supposed to eat, you know, when everyone else is around since I can't take off my helmet? And he's like, oh, basically, whenever we get dinner, we all just say, like, all right, guys, I'm going over here. And and yeah. we just don't. They're saying Mokshan lived on Mandalore. So these people are just weirdos. On- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she didn't already know how they eat, what their their practices were and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... We figure that out, but my big question is like, how do they all know when they're done? Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do they have like a time limit? Do you think? Yeah, well, you said this point went on there about a whistle. That surely has to be it. Has to be. Has to be it, or maybe like a Are they, sorry, they clapping and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do like a yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, yeah, a little whistle or an anti-dinner bell, I think I was calling it, where, like, you, you ring, like, yeah, yeah. A, a little bell that means I'm done rather than, you know, yeah. dinner's ready, you know? It is um, a bit strange that this warrior uh, group all separate from the safety of a campfire with all these wild creatures about, and, yeah, it's not very strategic, is all I'm saying, oh, yeah. Not at all. Not at all. They do have, like laser vision though they have like predator vision so they can probably see if something's coming maybe is that established i don't recall i was ever seeing through his uh his lens he should but in like the next scene all right so they (laughs) so the next day happens and they all 
you know, because they can't use their jetpacks. They spree-lonk their way up. I like this bit. I think this bit looks kind of cool where they're climbing up. Um, And then they reach the top where the nest is. And that's when we see like predator vision where it's like there's a heat source coming from over there oh yeah yeah you're right you're right i completely forgot i'll be completely honest i blacked out during this asshole just <laughs> because it's like generic kind of nothing yeah, right yeah yeah there, yeah there are bits in this where i watched it twice didn't really recall what happened and then i rewound it a few times and i've watched for about 20 seconds and then i zone out again and it, uh-huh yep yeah yeah i i, I don't know how they kill this dragon so like I had some problems with the way the nest looked like it looked like a kind of generic six, like seventies, eighties TV show, sci-fi yes. show. Yeah. yeah. So, you mentioned, you yeah. mentioned, and I think this is genius. It looks very land of the losty here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we're hypocrites. So we're just impossible to please perhaps because we're fighting about the like stop motion and we want old school effects sometimes, but they're not others. And well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if there was some stop motion dinosaurs here, I <laughs> might would, like it, would it. Add to the effect of like, oh, this is what you're emulating. It's a, it's like a tribute thing almost. Yeah. If like a Goo Goo Gaga booga booga like cave lady came out with like a bone club. Mm-hmm. In a in a woolly mammoth skin bikini here, I'd be pretty happy about that. You know what I mean? Or dinosaurs with machine guns would be. We've seen one wielding a weapon before. That's one thing that Obi Wan gave us. Obi Wan did give us a dinosaur wielding a weapon. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yep. Obi Wan gave us that and that little kid playing Luke Skywalker. I want to kick. Um, and those epic uh, Princess Leia chase scenes that you never knew you needed. Featuring bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers flea in cargo pants, looking like he just came out of his house. Yeah, you know the I mean? introduction of graphic keys to the Star Wars universe, also with that character. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Not since. Uh, Elon Slee's Bagano, have we seen someone as scummy looking as Flea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Flea was smoking those death sticks back in the day, and we all know it. Guaranteed. guaranteed. Under a bridge somewhere, of course. Yeah. Of course. In the City of Angels. And um, <laughs> every uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song is about California in some way, shape, or form. They love saying that fucking word. You know what I mean? And I don't even like hate that band that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think they're totally fine. As a white guy who likes uh, to slap at the bass, I mm-hmm. am okay with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I could see that being, uh, yeah, I like I like Flea. I don't really like the rest of them as much. <laughs> you don't like the guy who does the uh, do da do uh, da, da, that stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah definitely not. I definitely no, no, not. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. I like when we saw. Um, What's it called? Wakanda Forever. You were like, I almost wanted to complain about them using a Red Hot Chili Pepper yes, song until I saw it. Yeah, until I saw it was a generic white guy running, and I was like, oh, this is definitely what some generic white guy would think was like cool hype music while yeah, he was running. Yeah, yeah. Checked out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So Paz Vizsla ambushes the heat source because he's like, that's my kid. I gotta get my kid. But oh no, it is not his kid. It's a bunch of baby reptars. 
Um, and then the mama reptar comes back and burps the child out of its belly here. It's been in their days, right? Days. It's got to be old gooey, you know? Yeah. Do you you think he was, um, like, do you think he was, like, kind of, like, weakening it so he could, like, chew it up and, like, spit it out to his little baby bird, uh, babies? Right? Isn't that how birds feed? Me suggesting a theory on why, uh, I just, I don't think they bothered to think. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know why it wasn't. The kid wasn't just already there other than they wanted to have like a little action bit with the the baby birds. Yeah. This like action bit where the uh the big reptar burps out the little kid and then picks up um Paz Vizla in tow and we get yeah. this like jetpack action scene. I again you said like you kept spacing out and having to rewind, like mm-hmm. I just this did not do much for me here, man. Yeah, I liked a few bits of the flying, but not like what was going on during the flying. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think they use their ropes and their grappling hooks to kind of like tangle it up. Yeah, that's the part where I black out. <laughs> yeah. And I then remember it, that part, and then I, I don't remember. You told me that there's a the, the turtle from the week before last pops up, right? Yep. Yep. The dinosaur turtle rises from beneath the lake and... uh snaps off its snaps off its jaws and pulls it down into the water yeah yeah um so the um the party flies back victorious and uh the armorer honors bo katan who is slowly converting into a uh, religious fanatic mm-hmm. and uh they show that they brought back some young uh, not younglings some uh Foundlings. Foundlings in the shape of these uh, baby reptars. Yeah. And the armor agrees to fix up Bo-Katan's honor. And uh, I like this bit where Bo-Katan is like, hey, I know, you know, I, I wear the mark of my family, this night owl. But mm-hmm. would it be cool if uh, you fix me up something with a, a minotaur, a mythosaur rather yeah. on it? Um, And... She's like, yeah, of course, the mythosaur can be worn by all Mandalorians. It's the sign of the Mandalorians. Sure, I'll fix you up something with the mythosaur. And Bogotan starts telling them, like, I saw the, a mythosaur. And she's like, yeah, you know, I see him in my dreams I, all the I time. I enjoyed how patronizing she was. Yeah, yeah. Sure you did. <laughs> Even by the end, when it's just, oh, this is the way. It's just more of it's like a treat. You see lots of things when you're when you're on the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Pass. okay. We we've all seen a mythosaur in our yeah. time. When you're yeah. out in the woods taking a hallucinogenics with your weirdo militia buddies, it's yeah, yeah. You're hanging out with that Boba Fett guy and the Tuscan Raiders again, <laughs> drinking that drinking that melon shit. Yeah, you know. Do you remember? So, I started thinking about the book of Boba Fett today, and there was a part where Boba Fett was like on a speeder. And making this like motion, like bouncing up and down and being like Bantha, like a Bantha to the Tuscan Raiders and them just looking at him like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. You remember all that? A little bit. A little bit. I, uh, I try not to too much. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like so silly in hindsight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's every show that I enjoyed less the more of it we watched where like the first few weeks i was being generous and uh telling yourself that you liked myself it. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah 
that it's I did the same thing with prequels too back way back when where I wanted to believe it was better than they were kind of yeah I know a lot of people still say and I mean you kind of say too like you like Revenge of the Sith right the last time I saw it in full but yeah I've made a few attempts since in the last decade to rewatch it and I haven't quite managed it I, yeah. there's elements of that era of Star Wars that I like potentially but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some stuff in there that I enjoy, but... The end parts are cool, but the, uh, like, opening 20 minutes is the Battle of Coruscant, and then it's, like, a space battle where they're like, I hate buzz droids. (laughs) And then they get on a big ship with the Nemoidians to fight Christopher Lee, and R2-D2 pees oil on someone... Yeah, it's it's very silly. Uh, <laughs> I like the the fighting with uh, Sidious, even though it's fucking ridiculous and Love bad the CGI scenes. at this point. Uh, very bad. <laughs> Great CGI, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I like I like this <laughs> fight scene with Sidious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I love the uh, do it. I love mm. that. Um, but the look on uh, Sidious's face whenever he realizes he's going to be beheaded. And <laughs> yes, yes, I like all. Oh yeah, the uh, the the beheading of Christopher Lee bit. I like that bit quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I I don't know, man. I kind of like the first Phantom Menace like the best out of all the prequels, which sounds crazy, but well, it sure does. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, the... I think there's about 10 minutes of episode one that I like. Like the Duel of the Fates, that's five minutes. Uh-huh. About five minutes of the pod race, but that's 20 minutes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> give, me, give me five minutes of that. I would have dug that a bit more. I, uh, yeah, that's about it for me out of that. I don't. I, I just like that it looks like a real movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it like looks like, oh, there's people standing on a set. <laughs> kind of stuff yeah, you know what I mean? drunk with the, his, his power at that point unlimited as as... power yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what we can do we can combine these uh, these different takes together and meld them and mm-hmm. no one will know windows 99 haven't come out yet angry it's... <laughs> yeah yeah i don't yeah. know man i don't know I mean, at least we're out of that. Things are looking better as much mm-hmm. as we're like kind of ragging on this CGI in this yeah, episode yeah. quite a bit, you know. It's inoffensive, uh, I hear. Like, it's not great, but it's, I don't feel bad watching it, I guess. And there's bursts of greatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, season one of Mandalorian is all greatness, and season two has like bursts of sheer greatness, like best Star Wars ever kind of stuff for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, season three so far is the weakest. So far, like maybe something will happen and it'll change my mind coming up. But this has been kind of three okay episodes in a row, and uh, like the the format of the Mandalorian for me has been one progression episode, one fucking pillar episode, another like uh, fetch quest set up in the next episode. Yep, uh, along with progression, and then that fetch quest. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's something that happened in this episode that we didn't really talk about, but that bit where Grogu was picking up the hermit crabs yeah. and then and then he fought the little kid and did the Muppet flip. Mm-hmm. Uh Bo Katan asks um 
asked Mando, like, oh, did you teach him how to do that? He's like, no, someone else taught him. That made me hate how they squeezed the resolution of season two into the Book of Boba Fett so much yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't understand. I feel like they don't have a full eight-episode plot for this show. And even before it came out, whenever I saw the trailer for Andor and the Mandalorian season three, I remember thinking the trailer for Andor looked better, but that was the show that I had been anticipating less at the time. And I hadn't even anticipated Andor until it dropped and I watched it yeah. four weeks in. Like I watched the first two episodes and I remember you guys kind of making fun of me because like, I didn't even realize parts of that were flashback. I was like, what's up with the kids talking in a language without the subtitles? And To be fair, like, oh. we still don't know what was up with that. Uh, really beyond his upbringing, I guess. But uh, Yeah. But that, that show took, that was like a slow burn. It took me like mm-hmm. four episodes to be like, oh, this show is well, that one, great. That one has such a, we mentioned this one being every other episode is filler adventure stuff, which is fun. That show was one out of four episodes was a payoff. Like it, like four episode arc of a comic book where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. And every two episodes introduce a new character who <laughs> would have their own new subplot too. <laughs> and then just yeah, it's yeah. like, oh my God, this is like, there's so many spinning plates on this show right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, which makes me look forward to it. It's, it's my kind of my most anticipated Star Wars thing at this point. It's just more Andor, you know? Yeah, yeah, more Star Wars, Star Wars, hopefully. Oh, 100%. 100%. Bring back Werner Herzog some way, you know? (laughs) De-age him in Andor to show what he was up to back Mm -hmm. then. Somehow, uh, Werner Herzog is returned. I think he's dead in the Lord, but yeah, yeah. I'd be fine with that. (laughs) Someone today sent me, uh, uh, I guess it's a a meme, and -hmm. you know, at the end of all the Marvel movies, it says, like, Doctor Strange will return. Yeah. They sent me, uh, Lydia Tarr will return. It was like... uh, empty theater with you know that that movie tar that like i liked and like yeah, five yeah. other people liked and it just said like lydia tar will return like it was like a fucking end game credit stinger or something Lord. like that yeah yeah maybe die um because you know people think lydia tar is a real person right oh do you know about this yes yes i i assumed she was i thought you had mentioned her being a real person no uh, that's like the in joke is like oh. she is not a real person okay. <laughs> she, yeah. she is a fake person but everyone thinks that she's like this real person i saw a letterbox review and it was like yes lydia tar's real and she's spectacular like you know that like uh <laughs> joke with the boobs like yeah they're real and they're fantastic yeah, yeah. um which i thought was pretty fucking funny um I mean, do you have anything else that you want to say about uh, the Mandalorian season well, three, episode four, chapter twenty? Yeah, just then. I hope next episode get some real progress on the actual plot. Otherwise, I'm going to be even more disappointed that they gave two episodes of this season to the first season of Boba Fett. Like it, that's yeah. clearly what they fucking did. Yeah, and some of this I feel like they could condense into one episode. Like all yeah. the stuff last week with uh Bo-Katan's castle getting bombed and them mm-hmm. landing here and all this that happened this week, that could have just been one episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it was, and they just cut that weird space Nazi thing in for some reason. I think that the beginning action statements of last week only exist so that there was something interesting happened on that episode. It wasn't just like lower world building 
stuff. Somehow yeah. Palpatine returns stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh boy. With that being said, Travis, you want to jump into our reviews of the episode? Sure. All right. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. So we here at the Fed and the Furious rate and review all of our installments from one to five midichlorians, of course, one midichlorian being the worst, five midichlorians being the highest count on this show. We do accept half midichlorians in our reviews. Jarvis, with that being said, The Mandalorian, season three, episode four, chapter 20, The Foundling. It's a fucking mouthful to say every single time. What say you one out of five midichlorians? Okay, this is a shaky three and a half. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, like, moving forward, we'll determine how well I feel about this one, probably, because if it, another episode of filler, I'm going to, this is going to be a lot less rewatchable, I guess. Like, knowing 100%. that whenever I go watch season three, I've got to sit through these ones that aren't bad, they're just not really interesting uh, are exciting bird do monsters you, don't <laughs> do you find yourself um with a desire to go and rewatch the first two episodes of the man uh, first two seasons rather of the mandalorian uh yes if especially certain scenes like uh what i wind up doing is just watching reaction videos of the episodes i really like most mm-hmm. i would like to rewatch the entire season but the time investment. I just, I can't do it uh, hardly. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm you, a weirdo that can't watch things out of order. I know. I know that stuff <laughs> I, does I, drive I, me crazy. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I have rewatched the finales of season one and season two a bunch of times, like just out of order because I yeah. think they're like pretty good. Like the Moth Gideon battle, pretty good. Yes. Yes. And the, um, like the the end rather of season one when they're fucking the end of IG eleven and all that shit's pretty cool and then yes. the Luke Skywalker scene is pretty fucking cool. Um, will you be more forgiving of this if this all leads to like a bigger plot thing or does this kind of feel because Favreau has been guilty of this with Marvel where he really did a great job starting something up and establishing this kind of cool formula. And then the second the studio is like, get more involved in the world building. We get shit like Iron Man two, where it's just like all the world building and all of the nonsense. Um, I know there's a lot of clamoring for like, make Dave Filoni, the new Catherine Kennedy. I don't know about that. Like, I think like putting Dave Filoni in a writer room for all these things as like the consultant, like making him an EP, like an executive producer on all these things is like a good idea. And making him the like, I'm the story guy for this is is, like a pretty good idea. Making sure everything melds together well enough. Yeah, yeah. But he is like so heavy on like everything has to be mythos building. Mm -hmm. Are you afraid that this season is becoming the let's make the defenders Avengers of the Disney plus side of things. I don't feel that way yet. Like, I guess how they pay off that, uh, the Grogu, uh, flashback. 
plotline if they do. Mm -hmm. Is that, that'll be a uh, the determining factor there. I uh, but yeah, I don't really feel it yet. And I, uh, Ahsoka hasn't popped up. Luke hasn't popped back up. And the whales have. Uh, yeah, but oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck about the whales. But yeah, that's coming. Dave Filoni <laughs> yeah, gives a fuck about the whales. Mind, dude. Mind. That's who saved fucking Grogu. It's going to be Ezra and. Hera and all them, I assume, at this point. Something silly like Should've that, right? Should have fucking thought of it. And that doesn't bother me. It's fine. I, I just... Yeah. The fucking robot cowboy guy. Remember that guy? Yeah, Cat Bane. He's awesome. Cat Bane, yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's like, still alive. Yeah, yeah. That stuff. Like, I think this is the first time in a minute where... You gave this like a soft 3.5. I'm giving this like a hard 2.5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is mediocrity at its finest. Yeah. In my I opinion. would have went lower last week. Like that, that was oh, yeah. Fucking. That's easily the worst episode of the Mandalorian for me. It was a slog. Like it wasn't bad, but it just. It was a different show in the middle of this show about people I didn't give a fuck about. Like. Yeah. When that happened, and it's just in, against any of those actors or anything. It's fucking it's not their fault. <laughs> no, kind of like a recurring thing with Star Wars. Like, I don't blame all that best for being cast as this fucking guy, or Jake Lloyd as being cast as Young Vader or whatnot. No, it's not his fucking fault. Not at all. Like that little subplot that turned into the longest episode of this show <laughs> reminded me of that time in Book of Boba Fett when it became a different show for an episode. Well, it ended up being an episode and a half, but something I just didn't care about. I had never seen before. Yeah. You know, like this reconcentration camp that they put people in and mm -hmm. where is all that going? If anywhere, or is that just the nonsense world building that this fucking, administration i guess yeah it's it's is that where this administration on the disney plus side of things is going to lead to are we going to be stopping this guy or this chick mm -hmm. who used to work for the empire and moth gideon are they going to be the big bad with like thrawn or something i'm just i expect thrawn to be the big bad or the the uh the big defenders esque. uh crossover event or whatever but he'll need other villains with, with him there's a lot of characters in the mix <laughs> yeah, he needs a crew right yeah 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 i uh and that chick would be a good like first mate i guess <laughs> on his ship right mm -hmm. and we should mention that mob gideon is still out there then they, they mentioned once that he was being put on uh getting sent to like the nazi war trial stuff and then he escaped i guess we should also mention that there's also a swampy space pirate with the vendetta out there against we could have used more of him this episode what's he doing even if it has no effect on the plot i know uh, he the evil scientist guy isn't just swamp monster in a fucking doing pirate stuff he, uh... yeah i would have watched an episode of people scraping barnacles off that guy's back <laughs> over <laughs> over 45 minutes of like they were licking ice cream glow pops at one point yeah for like a yeah. solid seven minutes they were and like i've already said i'm pretty sure this episode 
That's all just leading to Palpatine. How did Palpatine return? I, Somehow he's returned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, how, I don't how do you feel about uh, Nazi space biscuits, though? No, yeah, that was. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing is a, a hard two point five. This is uh, the Disney side of. Uh, Star Wars kind of at its most mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. Not bad, not great. Right down the middle, felt like filler after getting a week of filler. Just wasn't what I wanted out of something I was genuinely excited for. Yeah, the Baby Yoda stuff rules. The armor stuff fucking rules. I kind of want more of that, but I want Mando on his own again you know yeah. and kind of away from the drama that is like the mandalore stuff a little bit just even if it's for like two weeks mm-hmm. like go on your little fetch quest get your shit um this I'm week was directed to- by carl weathers by the way did you see I that i did see that i did see that i'm going to make a prediction that uh Bo-Katan is going to die and uh oh. uh fucking Dinjar to take up the uh, the mantle of the Mandalore because he's the one that doesn't want it and she does and it's going to just be a sacrifice thing at some point for her. Not wow. anytime soon. Wow. Way far off. Wow. And if it doesn't happen, it'll be so far off that no one will remember this episode. And I'll, Absolutely. Then it I'll won't never be taking anyway. a task for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I'll take you to task for it. I'll never forget. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some news before we call it an evening. Do we actually want to talk about Jonathan Major smacking somebody up or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to. I mean, we don't want to think it's just Ezra Miller hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Majors has been arrested for assaulting strangulation and uh, I forget what the other thing was, but he's already out of jail, so I don't know uh, what nothing about the situation to come out as far as the cause. Like, is this just a random stranger? Is this someone he knew? Uh, who knows? But it sucks because he's like on the rise. If, uh, yeah, hopefully he didn't do something shitty, but if he did, he's got to pay, right? Uh. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he is denying all of this, but the mm-hmm. NYPD did bring him in. Yeah, and... yeah, there were marks on the girl. Uh, so I don't know. That sucks. Uh, Strangulation, as as... assault, and harassment. Yeah, the uh, the good thing about the character he's playing in the MCU is that he's easy to recast. Like that's. Oh, so yeah. many variants. So I'm talking very selfishly, but we're an MCU podcast. Someone getting beat up far away doesn't really affect my personal life. <laughs> I mean, like Jeremy Renner has like threatened to kill his family at gunpoint and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure in the past. Yeah, but those just words. <laughs> <laughs> and holding a weapon at at your your wife and child. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love Jonathan yeah, Majors as yeah, an actor, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, you saw Creed three, right? No, no, not yet. I still oh need to my watch god, Creed buddy! Too. I know, I know. It's real good. It's real good. And um, one of the fun things about the Rocky movies and the Creed movies is always like, how are they going to make the fights different? Mm-hmm. Creed three does something very interesting that like teeters on surrealism. 
Um, oh. Yeah, that's very, very interesting and cool. Have you seen the shot that um, Michael B. Jordan took right out of uh, Naratu or Dragon Ball Z or something like that? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like anime influence because this guy apparently just like eats up anime and there's mm-hmm. like a famous shot from i think it's naruto where both guys punch each other at the exact same time it's like this famous frame yeah and it's shot exactly the same in creed it's the same thing and uh amazing uh yeah it's cool you know mm-hmm. some nerds snuck in some nerd shit and that's cool you know what i mean um yeah majors has like a big indie movie that's coming out uh a big I think a musical coming out like this Christmas and he's set to be a giant, you know, part of the Marvel cinematic universe. And yeah. The, the big payoff villain of the, the saga, uh, probably a hundred percent. Now they're going uh, to introduce doom way earlier. A hundred percent. Yeah. Since they wasted Modoc. Yeah. 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 I, uh, the, uh, the oldest bit of news that we didn't meet last week, John Bernthal, uh coming back as the Punisher in Daredevil, I think they said. Yeah, yeah, Daredevil yeah. Born Again. So that that's good. I uh <clears throat> hopefully he wears the uh, the silly skull, even though I guess it's a fascist symbol now. Maybe maybe go go boots something else. A cupcake or something. Well he wears a dragon now. Uh oh yeah, yeah. People are upset about that because they don't that- understand that. Everything goes back to the same school after like a year. It's fine. Uh, yeah, and that run low key rules. Like, I mean, I've gone on record. I think on the show where like I'm not the biggest Punisher fan in the yeah, comic books, yeah. uh, but I do like when the Punisher does crazy things. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of Franken Castle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like uh, like when Punisher becomes like a ninja for the hand, and um, I like the overtly violent Punisher stuff where I'm just like, this is fucking insane. Like the, the old Jim Lee uh, War Journal shit. I'm just like, this is so crazy. Um, I love John Bernthal though. I love that guy. Oh yeah, huge fan of that actor. Um, you know, shows up in like Martin Scorsese movies. Fucking amazing character actor tried to steal my girlfriend once that was scary um uh at the uh daredevil um season three premiere maybe it was the punisher premiere or something i used to go to all those netflix uh yeah premieres somehow i would get my way into those things and one year i went and went to the bathroom and was dating a good looking young lady and came out and she was talking to the fucking Punisher and I'm like god damn it and like I walk up to the guy and he just looks like he wants to kill me and like shakes my hand and like just he basically like cucks me in front of this fucking yeah. girl I'm like god damn this fucking guy you know he's way cooler than me and a monster you know mm-hmm. um, I love him in the Wolf of Wall Street as the uh, Quaalude dealer I don't remember him in it but yeah I yeah. He's like Leo's like scummy friend from Ozone Park, okay. uh, like growing up. And like every time they go back to the neighborhood, he's like, like lifting weights in his front yard and like asking his mom for chicken cutlets. And uh, it's incredible. He's it's it's a person I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of shit like I grew up with. And I, I love John Bernthal. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for Daredevil, man. I'm I'm really excited for Daredevil. Yeah, just see. If they explain whether it's still kind of the old show or if it's something brand new, it doesn't matter to me either way. 
I'm happy to have uh, Charlie Cox back. John Bernthal was good. I didn't like his show of The Punisher. Uh, for the most part, like, it only felt like The Punisher during the last four episodes of it. Yeah, <laughs> the first yeah, yeah. season. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it's... I don't view The Punisher as a conflicted character as far as about what he's doing. He True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very single-minded on what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was great in the second season of Daredevil. Oh, absolutely. For like those first four or five, ish, uh, four or five issues. Like first, peak four or Marvel, five pretty much. Like the, the rooftop scene where they're just talking. Uh, oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Season one and two of Daredevil and um, that first season of Jessica Jones and that first season of Luke Cage. Yeah. That's like as good as like Marvel kind of got. Yeah, almost. Jessica Jones, as far as an adaptation, that's as close to a, a one-to-one adaptation as you can get, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so much of it was just adults in rooms talking. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? When you write actual drama, you know, and it works <laughs> and captivates you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know? have to go punch people from time to time, too. That's fine. Of course, but... of course. Yeah, Frank Castle going to break a nose or two. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Small bit of news, Larry Fishburne, Sir Larry Fishburne. Yeah, uh, remember that he is in the Marvel Universe, so he's coming back for what if. Uh, uh, last week, yeah, I think he had forgotten that he's already in these fucking things. Uh, Playing the character he's coming back as. Uh, yeah, yeah, I assume we'll see him in a superhero form, uh, Goliath. Uh, That'll be fun. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm rewatching the John Wick movies uh, with a friend and. Um, we just watched the first one, and you know she thought it was awesome. And I was like, "Just wait till the second one when Larry Fishburne shows up." She's like, "Fucking Lawrence Fishburne's in these movies." I was like, "Oh yeah, he plays like the Rat King or something, the Pigeon Master of wherever the fuck." Yeah, yeah, like the Bowery Boys or whatever their names are. They're so crazy, campy, and fun, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. And Larry just knows how to have a good time. You know what I mean? Next time we uh, have nothing to do for the podcast, we should do a King of New York episode. Oh, yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. yeah. It would be fun. It's something I really like, and I know you really like, and uh, hopefully someone out there will listen to it <laughs> and, and have never seen King of New York and just turn it on. I just want people to watch that movie because it's fucking crazy that it exists like uh and some of it's real deal you know what i mean uh like there's that shot where uh walk-in is looking out on the city and it's from (laughs) the outside and you see the reflection of the city and his face and stuff and it's like oh yeah that's real cinema yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. and then there's shots where people are just squeezing butts and blowing holes in people and you're like oh this is fucking crazy you know what i mean yeah yeah the the clip of the abel ferrara commentary you sent me the other day is just wild (laughs) it's wild yeah he's he's an animal i think he's an animal yeah yeah i love how that that commentary track starts with him saying they gave me five thousand dollars for doing this. The only reason I'm here is because they gave me five thousand big ones cash, and like he just straight up says it. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got our first look at Harley Quinn in Joker Two. Holy ado, right? Holy ado, yeah. yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> looks I, cool. Yeah, yeah. For that universe, 
Danny looks good. I like it better than her uh, like from the first Suicide Squad movie for sure. Uh, yeah, I I can't envision myself masturbating to it as frequently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally though, I mean. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. heroin chic. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Sicker things have come into my mind and yeah. into my you know body as well. So like, um, yeah, she looks great. I I like Lady Gaga. Like I yeah. I. I like. I'm like, not I don't like, do the kick off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is funny. Um, so I don't like listen to Lady Gaga music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that she exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that there's a like a pop star who knows how to play a lot of instruments and puts a lot of time into her work and mm-hmm. can sell a lot of music and do a lot of different things with it. I guess and. Um, I think I've told you like star is born for the first like hour 20 is like a 10 out of 10, like great. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Uh, kind of falls apart towards the end, but it's not like her fault. It's just kind of like a long movie. Um, uh. and she's just really fucking good in it though. Like she's really fucking good in it. And, uh, I, I want to see more of her as an actor. Like, you know, Did you watch House of Gucci? Gucci? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, that movie's crazy. Uh, I, yeah, so the way you've always described it to me is basically Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of celebrities doing Super Mario Brother impressions the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Um, In her defense, though, I watched a clip of the real person she's supposed to be impersonating, and that... Not all Italian people sound like that, but that Italian person sounds like that, and yeah, that Italian person sounds exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, it's dead on. It yeah, fucking bizarre. Uh, and she uh, apparently is some sort of like devout method actress. Um, uh, so she went all in with House of Gucci and like spoke like that for a year apparently <laughs> um it was just crazy and then star is born is basically her uh but she showed up at the oscars last minute i think because someone canceled but she did have a song nominated for uh you know best original song for top gun yeah. and her performance at the oscars felt like really rushed and her whole like shtick was uh I want to be really stripped down and I'm not wearing any makeup and it's just me and a piano, but even like the camera choreography and stuff like looked like it was figured out like that day. The rumor is that's because she has been in character as whatever she's doing in Joker too. I, I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is not a bit. Um, and then they Are like just Quentin performed at the Oscars. Harley Quinn was supposed to perform at the Oscars. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Do you think this thing's actually a musical? I hope so. But yeah, there's no telling. Like, uh, Sometimes people will label something a musical if it has like two songs. That's not a musical to me. That's a musical just, interlude in a regular movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just got like a musical number in it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the podcast and, and past and future guest, uh, Tony Crespo of uh, the Flopbusters show. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when I posted the pictures and the images of her, he's like the last person I expected to have a late turn career move to start imitating Martin Scorsese was Todd Phillips. And um, I'm like, it kind of makes sense, though, because like 
Scorsese is infamous for putting these really like reprehensible, horrible people as his main characters in movies who like aren't really like protagonists. They're the main mm-hmm. character, but they're like kind of the villains. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Travis Bickle, Henry Hill, like even uh, Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. These guys are like bad guys. You know what I mean? Um, the only thing is Scorsese has the wherewithal to like have the audience question whether they're good or bad and never pits them as the hero and makes them look cool. Like the whole thing is like, I understand their plight, but fuck this guy, you know what I mean? Or whoever. Are you saying that was the Joker? It's not the Joker, but also like, that's like all of Todd Phillips movies. Like going back to like the hangover, like everyone in the hangover, like the whole bit, that's supposed to be hilarious is like these guys get like wasted and like cause crime and like rape and like it's like but we were drunk you know what i mean and like you're they're so funny and likable and it's like yo fuck these guys right like fuck these guys like he doesn't like have that nuance mm-hmm. that scorsese has and it's always kind of been there with them with these reprehensible main characters. He he's like the edge Lord of filmmakers, you know, and I, I can't stand him. And I am so curious what this Joker sequel is going to be. Um, I'm just very like, I don't think I'm going to like it, but I am looking forward to whatever it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, one of the things too, with the Lady Gaga photos that, came out from the sex they're shooting in new york right now it's outside of a court building in new york and there's a bunch of people holding up signs that say like dent is a clown so there's this new rumor going around that harvey dent's going to be the main antagonist for the joker in this movie oh yeah should it be billy d williams yeah would love to see billy d williams singing and dancing would love that Mm -hmm. uh Biggest news probably for our specific podcast, uh, Victoria Alonso, uh, president chief of VFX and post production, has been fired from Marvel Studios. Uh, came out of nowhere apparently for her. Uh, she did not see Quantum Mania. No, <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the reason is. There were some nasty stories that came out about her. Uh, a few months back, uh, about her strong arming VFX studios. So, if there's any truth to that, I don't feel the least bit better. And yeah, I, and all those articles really singled her out out of the entire like executive yeah. pr- production team at Marvel, right? Then you have to wonder if it's uh, they knew someone in the know, uh, kind of leaked the stuff to. Because they knew they were she was on her way out, even if she didn't know. Uh, it is possibility the, at least, I think. Yeah, yeah she's uh, allegedly known for toxic work environments and completely blacklisting artists who mm-hmm. she just doesn't like. Um, a source has called her. She's known in the industry as a kingmaker. And said, if she likes you, you're going to work and you're going to move up in the industry. But if you piss her off professionally or personally, you're going to get completely frozen out and never work again. Um, I saw that Kevin Feige didn't try to step in. Like, no, no, don't fire my friend or anything. So it, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, she was completely blindsided by this thing. But yeah. she's suing them now, right? Because of being silenced or some such nonsense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Marvel has all the money in the world, so best of luck with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, even if you settle out of court, it's like mm-hmm. you can go find a job somewhere else. Like Asylum Films is probably looking for somebody. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> make a transmorphers aid or something like that when rise of the beast comes out but um the uh rumors and the recent trend of just marvel movies not looking finished even the best of them mm-hmm. don't oh, yeah. look finished. you know like wakanda forever those underwater there's one particular underwater sequence where like namor is doing that like, after he floats down when he's sitting on the throne and he's talking yes face looks weird it looks i think it looks better on the home media but i I, they tweak their cgi over time somewhat uh because they're rushing things to the mm. finish line and overworking companies and things like that you know what i mean you pay you get what you pay for you know and with high spectacle big blockbuster shit like why are you saving your money on the visual effects side of things? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why is that where you're coming part of it? They're at least a big part. Of it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Especially like with now it's like over reliance on CG to the point where like, you're not even putting your actors in the fucking costumes. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking bananas, man. Um, so this is kind of news. For you and I, that I will plug very shortly, um, a Kickstarter for a comic book that I have been illustrating and inking and writing that Travis will also be coloring uh, that's due to be released like in July. The Kickstarter will go live in May, but right now the website has gone up where you can actually hit the save button on this Kickstarter page and receive all the email notifications of when that does go live and what those tiers will be and all of that. Um, You can find that at Kickstarter um, Unknown Heroes Anthology, I believe. I posted the link in our social media page, the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place where Travis Kira and I have uh, founded to talk anything and everything related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and beyond. You name it, we are talking about it over there. And if you want to reach out to Travis or I personally, you can email us at the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I have to send you some pages, my friend. I have to figure out how to scan these pages. Like <laughs> it's been yeah. it's been a process, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I am very excited for for all of that to to start up because um not only is like wanting to make a comic book been like something I've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, like, I think it was like a year and a half ago, I reached out to an artist who I, I've grown friendly with. Um, but, you know, he he's a professional working artist. Like he worked for Marvel and shit in the nineties. Like, I love this guy. Um, and I asked him like, Hey, if I had this idea, would you draw it for me? And he sent me back an email with, page rates <laughs> and and it said like and if you want me to put my all into it it'll cost this and i was like oh that's kind of a bummer so i've like dedicated the past year to just like 
drawing like fucking crazy, you know, and like learning all of this. Um, and, and then it, like, you have like a side hustle that you're very modest about, but like, you know, you do a lot of cool, like character creation shit and your coloring abilities are very special. And we have like, a like a couple of weeks ago when I said Lady Gaga and then we both started like cooing like children, like chicken people. I'm like, I, I am so like in sync compatico with you at some times. Maybe it's the late night delirium of when we oh, yeah. choose to record. The yeah, 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 the yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever that was. I was like, holy shit, man. Sometimes like that just happens when we turn out on the, uh, you know, the save wavelength. So it, 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 this will be a fun little side project that's like taking uh beyond infinity into like an actual creative realm which is just very funny as a thing yeah. that started as a bunch of nerds on the internet who like to yell about things you yeah, know what i mean it, huh? yeah who could have known uh that i'm really excited about so we'll start uh you know sending out more details on that it's very very fun and exciting stuff I hope that the Mandalorian's adventures are more exciting next week, Travis. Don't you? I do so, yeah. Holy moly. But we won't find out until next week. And until then, my name is John. I'm Travis. And no squeezy for us this week, Travis. There was no squeezy.